1: welcome to this week's episode of it's a fandom thing this week we are going to be discussing fandom giving back um, and the societal impact social impact that fandom can have and so it should be a great discussion I've got a great panel on a couple who haven't been on in like two months time so that'll be fun but before we get into that just a couple of housekeeping notes a reminder that we are taking listener support now you can do that either through the anchor page or Or right in our show notes, there will be a link to listener support. And for as little as $0.99 a month to $9.99 a month, you can help support the show. Uh, But as I've mentioned before, from now until at least October 1st, that might get extended 100% of what we see from that will go to various Black Lives Matter organizations. The same goes for anything we see from the one ad we're doing right now. And if we get any more sponsorship, everything from that as well, will be going to various Black Lives Matter organizations until at least October 1st. Okay, so let's go around and have everybody introduce themselves and tell me one thing in pop culture that you're excited about right now. Start with you, Judy.
2: Hi, my name is Judy,
1: and
2: right now I just finished up a rewatch for the I don't even know how many times of um, Avatar The Last Airbender, which is now on Netflix for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. It is a cartoon, so don't let that um, sway you. Check it out, it's amazing. It's this show about. Um, people who have the abilities to manipulate or bend, they call it either air, water, fire, or earth. And this one uh, young man has to save this world um, from the fire nation who's trying to take over everything. And it's just so sophisticated and uh, deep and everything for, for a cartoon. Yes, it is. um i mean even it goes into subjects like obviously war and its effects on the poor and refugees and you know, government propaganda just all kinds of really cool stuff and um this it's got a great sense of humor that's never like cheap jokes which you often find in cartoons or anime and um the character development uh, I think is the best I've ever seen of any character on any show um, of the character Zuko. So I highly suggest to everybody to check out Avatar the Last Airbender.
1: Awesome. And I do have that on our list for at some point we will do a show on it because I know <laughs> <laughs> he's enthusiastic thumbs up. I can see everybody from Tanya. So some- I will. Maybe I'll look and see if there's a way to put it on next year's schedule. So because I know I a lot of people it. are into it. So awesome.
2: well, you know what, they're going to do a live action remake on Netflix. So that would be a perfect oh, time. Oh, okay. I don't know how long that's going to take. But that might okay. be a good time to. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'll have to look, look into that and have it coincide with that. Hopefully. So. And then Meg, who hasn't been on for about two months. <laughs> I know. You guys got tired of me. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Meg. So, yeah,
0: Judy, my husband's actually been watching The Last Airbender um, on, like, his phone while he does other stuff. So I hear really terrible audio, okay, like snippets. So I, my curiosity has been piqued, but but my husband's been watching that. Um and I think as far as animated stuff goes, who knows how long the pandemic is happening. All of our shows might be animated pretty soon. Um, but right now what I'm kind of into is I have some things, a lot of things, but I'll just talk about, um, I've been watching I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is on HBO and it's a true crime docu-series about Michelle McNamara, uh, who is Pat Oswalt's late wife. And her like hunt for the Golden State Killer, and the and it's been really interesting. It's been different than a lot of uh, true crime series that I've watched because I love true crime, which is kind of morbid. But um, it's been really interesting to kind of see that spiral that she goes through in her hunt and how she kind of becomes obsessed. Not kind of, she becomes completely obsessed. Um and it's been really really interesting and it's one of the few shows that I've been watching week to week <laughs> which is awful cuz I have to wait. Um so yeah, I just I I'm completely enthralled.
1: Yeah, that was mine last week. That was my Oh, was it? I was yeah, yeah. And we're going to be doing um a couple of true crime episodes coming up and yeah, Meg will be, be on, on those. So. <laughs> <laughs> Along with Sasha, who was on last week, yeah, that's it's a really, really good show. It's yeah. so compelling. Mm-hmm. It is, it is. But like I've mentioned before, it can be triggering. I mean, they go in depth to what that mm-hmm. evil guy did. So yeah, very good. And then Tanya, who also hasn't been on for a couple of months,
3: what are you Why? into? Um, not true crime. Um, fake crime. <laughs> it's sort of true. Um, anyway, yeah. That's funny. I'm Tanya Cook. I teach sociology, and for the past four years, I've actually been doing research on our topic tonight, which is fandom-based activism and charity work, and I have been obsessively watching The Wire, which is, per my pattern of getting into shows like 20 years later, like, I'm going to let that age <laughs> like a fine cheese, and then I will watch it and make a lot of references, and no one will get them, and I'll feel sad but that's okay um (laughs) so yeah it's uh it's really great I, i finished the first three seasons um and it's difficult it's a little difficult to watch right now because of course they're showing a lot of the problems with the police right i don't feel like it valorizes or glamorizes police i think it shows the complexity of the situations for everyone it's very very sociological. Um, and I actually have a colleague who uses it as a text, like the students watch the Wire as their textbook, and then they do various um, assignments related to it. So it's, it's good. I, I like it a lot. It's difficult emotionally to watch, but I think it shows just the complexity of the, that struggle between um, agency or human free will and um, structure. That, you know, we see so much in other programs, but that's really showing how people are stuck in their various positions and they have limited maneuvering within that. So,
1: Yeah, that's one that, that eventually someday I should definitely watch because I know it's very, very critically acclaimed, but, you know, I have heard it's very difficult to watch at times, but very good. So, yeah, I should put that on my to watch list. And I should also put that on a future episodes list because I know there's a lot of fans for that one. So yeah, we,
3: we could spend a whole podcast talking about one scene in one of those. I mean, it's that like layered anyway, but yeah. And my more fun thing is yay. Winona Earp season four. Yay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's been a popular one. We've had a couple of guests recently talking (laughs) About that one, as well, so and what i 'm into is the movie "The High Note," which is available for rental. You can rent that one right now, and um, it 's all about music it 's about um, a woman who wants to be a producer of music, and there aren 't a lot of female producers in music. And she works for a very famous singer. Um, And let me just pull up her name. I should have had it in front of me. Um, But of course, part of the reason that I wanted to watch it was because of music and also because it continues my love affair with Kelvin Harrison Jr. Just watching him in movies. I mean, Uh, he's just so amazing and great, but this one also stars Dakota Johnson and has the woman who wants to become a music producer and Tracy Ellis Ross as the, Singer, and I had no idea. I mean, yes, she's Diana Ross's daughter, Tracy Ellis Ross is, but I had no idea that she could really, really sing. I mean, she's a really talented singer, and so is Kelvin Harrison Jr. And it's just a really—it makes you feel good. Uh, and if you love music, I definitely recommend it. The soundtrack is great. All the songs in it are amazing. Everyone is just so talented. Um the whole cast is really good. I really love the chemistry between Dakota Johnson and Tracy Ellis Ross. They work really well together. Um Bill Pullman shows up in it, uh which was really nice to see. I always like seeing him. Ice Cube is really good in it. He plays uh, basically uh Tracy Ellis Ross's character Grace Davis, uh, her manager. So it was a really, really, really good movie. And I recommend also listening to a podcast interview I recently heard with Tracy Ellis Ross, where she talks a lot about her career and delves into this movie, but also just her, her struggles and, um, and how hard it is as a black woman to have a career in Hollywood. And especially the older you get, even as a woman, it's hard to have a career in Hollywood. And it's on a podcast called It's Been a Minute, which you can find through, it's an NPR podcast. It's hosted by Sam Sanders, who I just adore. So I recommend seeking out that interview as well. And the high note, you can rent it, you know, Apple, you can rent it anywhere pretty much. So, um, yeah, so the high note. Okay. So let's get into fandom giving back. And since everybody's, well, everybody except for me that's on this call is about to start GISH uh, tomorrow. And I know on our last podcast we had mentioned this as well. So I just want to go around and just have everybody sort of talk about GISH and how they got into it. Because I just want to start with this one. Because I think for everybody here, that's kind of the biggest thing everybody here has sort of done in the realm of doing an activity that's fandom involved. um, Kind of People found each other through fandom to do this. And then it also gives back to charity. And I want to just briefly go over what GISH is. I'm just reading this off of the website. Um, But GISH is um, the weirdest scavenger hunt ever. It's the greatest international scavenger hunt. That's what GISH stands for. It's a Guinness world-breaking experience designed to bring out the weird, creative, and adventurous sides of people while doing good. Gish combines creativity, art, mystery, adventure, puzzles, cosplay, out-of-the-box thinking, and kindness for a week unlike anything else as winners compete for a fabulous grand prize. Which is usually going to another country with Misha Collins from Supernatural who created Gish. Um, and all of the the tickets, you re- the registration fees, go to Random Acts of Kindness, which is a charitable organization. So I know that everybody on this call, on the line, has done GISH for quite a while now. So I just want to go around and just see when you first did GISH, what GISH means to you, and what GISH does for the world. Uh, start with you, Judy. I think um, so, yeah. I am a
2: hardcore gisher. I'm on one of those super competitive teams, you know, we hit every item and and go balls to the wall. (laughs) We just love it. Um, But I first started, uh, I think this is my eighth year, and they've been doing it this 10. So I missed the first two years. And I heard about um, Gish, of course, through the Supernatural fandom. And... um, people on Tumblr were talking about this and Misha Collins was, was talking about it and it just sounded like such a fun and unique thing to do. And it really is. I mean um, for anybody that hasn't participated uh, you've got one week to compete or to complete as many of these wacky and fun and philanthropic tasks as possible. And in the most creative and interesting and beautiful or sublime ways possible. So it really gets your creative juices flowing each year and um, the friendships that I've made through it. Uh, Cause I've been on multiple teams. Um, I at, at one point I put together my own team for a few years. Then I joined with another team, but those friendships are, Lifelong. Like, once you've done gish with somebody, it's like going to work with them. (laughs) You just never forget each other. Um, And it's just such a fabulous experience. And, um, you know, aside from the fun aspect, the great thing about it is it uses fun to do good. And with this many people, for anybody that doesn't know, it's the the world record-breaking largest scavenger hunt in the world. 50,000, I think, ish participants each year um so with that many people working together as a force for good um the amazing things that this has accomplished so through random acts um just a few examples of some of the things that they've done um they've built an orphanage in haiti of rescued some syrian refugee families um we've Saved thousands of acres of rainforest. Um, uh, What else? Uh, We purchased. This was I so inspired by this one. Um, One year we purchased farmland for a group of uh, hundred Rwandan um, genocide widows and the orphans that they adopted. They built this community of women and children who lost their husbands and brothers and spouses and whatnot uh, during the Rwanda genocide. And um, through GISH, they purchased farmland for them so that they could be self-sufficient and run their own farm and um, store and whatnot. So just over and over again, uh, GISH does amazing things by either raising funds and not, not just that, but, as you're doing GISH, there's always these kindness tasks, things like donating blood or platelets or um, for helping first responders or helping seniors. There's just so many things that just make you feel good. It's just doing good with other fans and uh, it becomes a, just a huge force for good in the world. That's why I love
1: it. Cool. And Meg? Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure what else there is to add. (laughs) Um, Maybe just what it's meant to you and how um, long you've been doing it.
0: So I started GISHING in 2015. And so I'm fairly new. I've only been doing it five years. And I actually didn't do it last year. I wasn't able to. Um, And I've done the really competitive stuff and i have in this year i'm doing more of the the laid back because you can choose between like really going for it or just trying to have fun and, and doing what you want and also aaron i know you said it, um, it benefits the charity random acts of kindness but it's actually just random acts random acts of kindness is actually robert Sorry. Dun- it's okay it's just because <laughs> random acts of kindness is actually another great charity but it's robert downey jr's charity um the one that gish supports is random acts um but so it honestly it really kind of had a very real impact on my life judy talked about friendships you make through gish and um it's very true the i remember the first year i was a little baby gisher and i was like panicked And through this year of GishWiz, there was this chat room where you can go and a whole bunch of Gishers were in there and they were all talking and stuff like that. And I just went in there and I was like, hey, I have no idea how to solve this word puzzle. (laughs) Can anyone please just help talk with me as I talk through it? And those are the people I now travel around the country with and um, are some of my dearest friends. Uh, Carla and I gish together, which is always fun. It's just, it's a very weird, interesting um, social experiment. And it's really amazing to see. And I really kind of admire Misha Collins um, for this more than anything, because he never, he didn't really ever want to be like famous, famous, but he wanted to be like just famous enough to harness people to do good. Um, and I think he's achieved that <laughs> wonderfully, um because he gets all of these weirdos to raise money for like Judy said, um, we've saved a pretty huge chunk of Nepalese rainforests is kind of it just kind of became official that it's forever saved um and I just remember doing stuff. For like all these just weird things. My personal favorite thing that I that I did was a kindness thing. I did a mobile, not a library, but a just I loaded up a bunch of books <laughs> in my car and went to a lower income neighborhood in my town and just gave books away. And I'm a huge reader. I think reading is incredibly important. And that was one of the things that was really kind of special to me personally. I've done weirder things. I've painted myself entirely green uh, to be a Pokemon. I would not do that again <laughs> but yeah, I mean i don't have I don't have a whole lot to add Judy really kind of covered the whole the whole champagne. <laughs> So, I don't really have a whole lot to add as far as like what Gish is and Mm. and all that stuff. It's just really the weirdest, most stressful, most invigorating week of the year. I mean, it's you're you want to you hate Misha Collins and yourself a little bit by the end of it. But once you get, like, 36 hours of sleep, then you feel really, really good (laughs) about everything.
1: (laughs) So so we're preparing for that tomorrow. (laughs) And Tanya, how long have you been doing GISH, and what does it mean to you?
3: Yeah, thanks. Um, So I'm the one who was, when we went into recording this, I was like, you have me until nine o'clock, then I'm going to bed because GISH. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am I'm know what the, what I'm in for. Um, so I got into Supernatural in 2014, and then I signed up for GISH on a whim, just going, what is this? This is so weird. And very late, I didn't know if – so we've been talking about teams, and I realize we haven't really explained that. So you are part of a team for GISH. It's 15 people. Is that right? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's 15 people, and you can either – Join a team that exists or you and a group of people um, can be added to a team. So if, you're, if it's just you, they'll just put you on a team um, that needs someone. And that was interesting because I didn't know anyone and I didn't know what I was doing at all. It was very weird, but we had so much fun. The funnest one that year is this is when the kids would still help me with GISH. So for me, it's a week of part... You know, art therapy, norm breaking, being silly, uh, having fun playing, you know, and for me, it started as a way to spend time with my kids and really um, do fun things. Like we, we tried to create a popcorn monster and I don't know why I interpreted that literally, but I ended up filling a bathtub with popcorn, like popped popcorn, <laughs> and, We had popcorn everywhere for, I don't know how long. And um, so my my brilliant idea for that was like, we will cover you in double-sided tape. You will get in the popcorn and you will come out covered in popcorn. It didn't entirely work, but you know, you live and you learn. So you, there, it's fun what fails and then what is really ends up being great. And you feel a sense of accomplishment for doing all these things. And it's just fun. It's, It's Fun, yeah,
0: that reminds me of one of the items I paint. I had to like paint my daughter with butter, mm-hmm. and she was horrified. Like, she was so mad. I couldn't even use the item because she's just like, she was just, she was like, I think five at the time, and it was like, Yeah, let me just
3: paint you with butter.
0: She's like, Mom. What?
2: Oh,
3: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's and I've I think what what's what it means to me is community and relationships. Like it's Mm -hmm. that's that's the magic of it is building. We we call it. There's a concept. I'm gonna be a professor, so I know it's late, but bear with me. This is my job, anyway. (laughs) I'm going to professor explain things. Um. So yeah, we, we have this concept called um, bridged capital. So basically, it's this idea that you you build like social relationships or social capital with one another from different social locations through doing service work together. So this is why a lot of organizations um, that are trying to kind of create community and and things in common have some sort of service work component. So there's a great Group called the Peanut Butter and Jelly Project or Peanut Butter Project, where you just take bread and peanut butter and you go to a location and you make a crap ton of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, bag them up and uh, deliver them, and you end up having conversations with people, right? Through doing this, also smells really really good in there, which is cruel for me because I can't eat gluten, Um, so I really I really suffer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But Gish is is also about testing yourself and seeing where your own comfort limits are. And I think for a lot of us, a lot of people who GISH, I know, are women or identify as women. And it's a chance for us to also feel important, valid, to experience some feminist, inclusive leadership opportunities, frankly, um, and to do things we may not have time for to express our creativity, we may not have time for in, in our daily life or you may not feel appreciated when you're changing, you know, 10 diapers a day or something like that. You'd rather be making Jared Padalecki out of menstrual pads. Um, You know, so anyway, I'm just kidding. That's an item. I mean, that's not just like a (laughs) random hobby. Um, But yeah, that's, those have been some of the, some of the fun, (laughs) the fun things. And, you know, so it's that, it's sort of that. I don't have an opportunity. I get to be creative in my life, which is good, but I don't necessarily have an opportunity to be weird all the time. And so that's very liberating. Um, I, one more thing and I'll, we'll move on. But one of my favorite things was the, uh, see, I don't even remember what year it was, but you had to hike to a glacier and you had to be wearing a bathing suit. So we got up, luckily there is a little bit of a glacier left in Colorado. We got up, we went and picked up my teammate, Charlie at five in the morning. I did not know Charlie well, We're all in swimsuits, me, the kids, everybody, and we drive up to where the glacier is, but you have to hike up there. So we're hiking up in our our bathing suits, and brilliant Tanya did not think about the fact that we are in tennis shoes and and with small children in bathing suits trying to walk on ice. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going... Because you had to get out on it to take a photo. One, I've never seen a glacier. I had never been to this place. It was gorgeous. There were people skiing, um, but of in co- it's June or no, it's not June. Sorry, it's whatever time it is now. August. August. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. COVID has erased all sense of time. It has proven time is a social construct that is meaningless anyway. Um, so we we get out there, and I'm just going what the hell are we going to do? How are we going to get to this photo opportunity? And, you know, usually there's people around who will, you get to ask strangers to take your picture in really weird situations. And they're always so awesome about it. Um, Someone else was there from another GISH team and watched us struggle. And then some of the skiers came over, saw that we were trying to do something. They didn't know what, and they were like, here, use our poles. You can use our poles. We don't know what you're doing. But let's make sure you don't fall down and hurt yourselves. So we're, you know, we're b- borrowing the poles to get out to the to the photo, and it was just it was just such a great experience, and you know, we we had a blast, and it was to raise awareness of global warming, and you know, I'm as sad as I am. I'm really glad I had that memory with my kids.
2: You know, to build on what what Meg was saying too about the social um, the social aspect of it. You know, it, this is a competition. You're in competition with these other teams. But if you mm-hmm. go into a chat room and say, hey, I need help with this particular puzzle or this particular item, there's 100 people in there. They're, they're going to try to help you. They're going to say, try this. Go here. You know, call this number or here's a hint to the puzzle. You're in competition with these people, but we're all in this together, too. It's It's wow. a really amazing dynamic
0: about GISH. Well, and also, I think it's really interesting, too. Like, it's not even just, like, you're you're working with your teams to do stuff. I know the last, not last year, but probably the year before, there was a lot of, like, group activities where you have to get together with members from other teams to do stuff. It was, like, doing, I remember I went to the beach in my town to meet up with a bunch of other gishers to dress up in Christmas clothes in August and sing Christmas carols. <laughs> <laughs> Which beachgoers thought was very interesting. Um, and then like a giant pillow fight and stuff at the same time. And there was another one where it was like um, throwing a party for heroes. And there was a firehouse that in a town right by mine where one of the firefighters that year had died in a fire. And so we went and we, we threw them this party to thank them and things like that and it got it gets really emotional in a lot of ways and it there's there's such a strange you feel every emotion i think that a person can feel when you're doing gish because there's so much that's so touching um or heartbreaking then there's so much that's just absolutely ridiculous and silly and like Tanya said, a part of why I did this was I really wanted my kids to see me um, let go and just be unabashedly silly. Because I think especially as a mom, especially for me, like as a working mom, I don't get to do that very often. I don't get to just be goofy and throw caution to the wind with my kids as much as I would like to because things have to get done. Um so in between that and then there's just things that are, these puzzles are just <laughs> infuriating um, at times and it's just it's a really it's so hard, like everyone talks about how hard it is to explain Gish and it, it always feels like a cliche when you when you hear it but at the same time it's a cliche because it's true, it's really hard to kind of encapsulate the experience if you haven't done it before now I'm done mm-hmm. <laughs> for
1: now. Well, and and I'll just say I've only done gish once, um and I've talked about last <laughs> week how I, I I did not yes with with Meg the first time she did it, and I talked before how I did not enjoy gish at all, um, <laughs> and th- there are various reasons for that. I w- I don't want to bring the joy down, so I won't really get into them. <laughs> Um, but I've always said that I should start it again because at that time I didn't know anyone in the supernatural fandom in Colorado. I knew not a single person. And it's so funny, Tanya, that you say you started watching supernatural in 2014, because that's when I started watching it. And for some reason, I thought you were one of the people that watched it from the very beginning. So I just wanted to shout that out there because I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but you know, supernatural has other campaigns as well. Um, and like we mentioned on last week's show, it's very. There's a lot of mental health campaigns around supernatural. That seems to be a big theme, and I just want to briefly touch on this, and then I want to, and then we'll just get into sort of why fandom might give back, what uh, the ramifications of that are, if it's just the group mentality or how that kind of comes about. But I just want to briefly get into um, always keep fighting, which Jared. Padalecki launched in March of 2015, and it was a T-shirt fundraiser, is how he launched it, and it would feature the slogan. And then there were several different other ones that came out, like Moose and Squirrel, which is um, Dean and Sam's names on there, or they're affectionately called that from other pe- by other people, mainly um, oh my God Crowley. Sorry. Um, and so all of these the funds raised from those the profits for the sale of the shirts, especially from the first one, went to to right love on our arms, the Wounded Warrior project, and air, which stands for attitudes in reverse student student suicide prevention um so it was all just sort of to help with uh mental health and Jared had also come out and said that he had struggled with that that he had felt he had dealt with depression and being suicidal and all that stuff in the past. And it was just really interesting to see. It's been interesting to me to see how much focus the supernatural fandom has on mental health. And I think for the most part, that's a really, really good thing. As someone who has struggled in the past with being suicidal, um, basically I've struggled with it my whole entire life. And who struggled with her own mental health issues, which I briefly touched on in our last episode. It was something that really made me feel welcome into the fandom. Um, and so I just want to see what everybody's thoughts are on that, on the Always Keep Fighting Um, on the one that also started with uh, Misha and uh, Jensen Ackles started um, the You Are Not Alone campaign as well. So I just want to go around and just get everybody's thoughts on these. And did you guys buy the shirts? Because I know I did. Um, Judy?
2: Yeah. um, It's so inspiring seeing how much um, the people in the Supernatural fandom just really... uh, bought into and, and were energized by the whole mental health thing and they help each other. And you, when you go to conventions, you'll always see several, um, tables and booths that are about different, often suicide prevention, but mental health in general. And, um, there's never a lack of people willing to help, uh, set up, pass things out, volunteer, do whatever they can, or just support one another, you know, in less formal ways. But it's, it's, it's just really kind of beautiful to see how that has happened. And then as far as the, um, with the actual campaigns, um, I have bought some of the shirts. I, I tend to be a little, um, I don't know, cautious. I, Some of the campaigns um, say things like a portion of the profits go to charity, and then some of them say 100% go to charity. And I always get a little bit, I don't know, I'm less enthusiastic about buying a shirt if it says a portion goes to, because it might be 1%. I don't know what that portion is. So I feel much more confident with the ones, usually it's Misha's, um, that are 100% of the profits go go to a charity. So I, I feel kind of good knowing that
1: um when I purchase those. And Meg, have you purchased any of the shirts or how do you feel about them? Um, there's actually a time
0: I'm actually I'm surprised I'm not wearing one right now. Um, there was a time when almost my entire wardrobe was in some way related to the stands dot the shopstands.com which is kind of the main uh, website to buy shirts that go to charity, and and a lot of people I know like they see them on T Public or whatever, and they're kind of marketed as being for this charity. But that's they're, just as a PSA. The only place that you can buy stuff is directly from you usually, usually shopstands.com, or like the actors themselves will give you a website. Uh, if you're if you're buying it from any other part that has nothing to do with the charity, um, I think what's really interesting about the supernatural fandom. Just I know this is so, not what you asked, but Judy, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, it's really interesting to see how many different ways you can become involved in charity, either as a passive participant by buying a shirt and getting some merchandise, or by being very active in things like gishwiz that we talked a lot about, or um, e4k, which is endure for kindness. Which I'll I could talk about that for a while. Um, but it's so interesting when you talk about mental health because I feel like within the supernatural fandom it's like it's broken up into two different sections and everything is still commingled. We have this like wonderful sense of family, like we're called the SBN family. Um, and a sense of community that everybody kind of works towards and it's like this is a goal, and then we're just like blam, we're gonna blow through it and we're gonna meet it and we're gonna we're gonna no amount of money is too high, it seems for supernatural fans. And then there's also this kind of really toxic part of the fandom too. and it's for me as a fan of the show who's kind of, I kind of stepped back from the fandom because of some of that toxicity. Um, I keep getting pulled back in. <laughs> it's just really interesting to see how that, those two mentalities exist in one space and in one pe- person's brain. Even um, the "You Are Not Alone" campaign, I thought was really, really interesting, and I loved it. Always keep fighting. I have, I have a couple "Always Keep Fighting" shirts. Um, then I think, and it wasn't mentioned, but more recently, um, I Am Alive teamed up with Random Acts. And I think Jensen was a part, Jensen Ackles was a part of it too. um, To train fans, people within the fandom to become actual like crisis responder, first responders for a phone line that you can call part of your family. And they're actually trained to help you get out of a mental health crisis, which I thought was, one of the best things that's ever come out of this fandom because it's us helping each other and ourselves. And I thought that was really cool. But And to make a short answer long, yes, I have a lot of Supernatural charity merch. I actually just bought one for their newest campaign. I wasn't a big fan of the design, but I thought the Lydia House, which is supporting people who are facing homelessness, especially right now with evictions are like this close to being at an all-time high right now um but it's with michael sheen from who is in good omens amongst many other things and misha to support lydia house and then an equivalent in wales and i wasn't a huge fan of the design but i decided to buy a shirt for somebody who couldn't afford it um through that just to still donate and make somebody else happy so now i'm done (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's gonna be my sign off. And now I'm done. And and we did um, on last week's show. We did talk about the crisis support line, and talked and we talked about toxicity within primarily the supernatural really, And that's had, what, I know, haven't
0: had a chance to listen to that
1: episode
0: yet. Clearly,
1: no, I know. I'm just I'm just throwing it back to that in yeah. case anybody else hasn't listened to it as well. Um, and we did talk about that. There there is a lot of toxic energy there. Um, I've stepped away from the fandom a lot, except for people that are local in Denver, because I don't see a lot of that toxicity with, with us here that are local and with you, Meg and Carla, of course I don't see that there. And I know Carla's really pretty much out of that anyway, but, um, but I, what I was doing until I got out of that is I was mainly just around people that like Dean and Jensen, because the rest I kind of was just like, you know, when we do our supernatural episode, I'll get into my feelings on the show in general. And maybe even I'll get into my feelings it's about certain episodes. actors. What was that it's Judy? Sorry. Like a five hour long
0: episode. <laughs> so that's going to be a long episode. Cause it, I have, I have thoughts and feelings too.
1: <laughs> long, yeah, cause, Cause you know, I think that I think, and I'll get to you in just a second, Tanya. Sorry. I, I think the campaign is great. And I think the mental health stuff is great. I have issues with Jared Padalecki, so it's kind of this weird thing, Um, but I think it's great to bring awareness, I do think it's interesting that it's within a fandom that has claimed to be such a family, yet there is such a toxic outer layer to it, I mean, I've met the most amazing people through it, so I'm not saying it's all horrible, but it's just an interesting thing to me that mental health is such a focus of the fandom, yet there's, so many people that attack other people and actually damage their mental health. It's just an interesting dichotomy there. Um, and what are your thoughts, Tanya?
3: Wow. Yeah, that's, um, I, I don't even know where to go with all that, but like, it. yeah, for sure. I understand where everyone's coming from. So I think I'm going to answer a little bit more as a researcher and a little bit more as a sociologist. Um, I do participate in many of the campaigns, I think Stans is a really interesting organization. So they they started after the first Always Keep Fighting campaign so that they could work more directly with the actors. And as as um Meg and Judy were saying, that's the official um campaign. So if you're purchasing a shirt from a different place, those funds are not going to that that charity. And I, I feel similarly about it's you don't there's always money going to charities. Sometimes it's not revealed like the percentage, but they are often upfront with the charities that they are supporting. And they're usually very conscientious about choosing them. And often the art is done by fans. So there's multiple mm-hmm. ways and intersections there within fandom for good that I think is, is fascinating, right? On the one hand, you've got trying to appropriate a capitalist Um, market-based structure to do something good in the world. You're trying to support small artists, right? Um, You're also supporting sometimes smaller charities that don't get a lot of money like Lydia Place and uh, New Leash on Life is one that stands, has uh, funded a lot with some of their Wayward, the Wayward Daughters and the Wayward Campaigns. And New Leash on Life, for those who don't know, is a charity that takes dogs that are supposed to that are scheduled for, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I was trying to think of like a nicer word, but there isn't one. Right. So they take oh. dogs that are on death row essentially, and they match them with inmates and they have the inmates train the dogs to be assistance animals. Right. And what they have found from that. So, I mean, what an amazing, what an amazing idea. Because we tend to, you know, we tend to dehumanize people who are incarcerated, right? Mm-hmm. And so giving people a purpose, giving people a skill set, and what they what they have found is that people, the incarcerated folks who participate in this, have a much lower rate of recidivism or reoffending after their release. Because surprise, surprise, when you treat someone like a human and give them um, a job and give them a skill set. They, they don't, they don't want to mess up. You know, they, they want to continue to participate and feel valid in society. So that's just my, my <laughs> three cents on that. That wasn't brought up yet, but yeah, I think it's just fascinating to combine all those different, uh, institutions. And for me as a sociologist, that's where social movements activism and political engagement are going. The intersections of these institutions of popular culture and media, um, Capitalist market-based structures and engagement and charity work and public good. So I find that part really fascinating. Obviously, I wouldn't have spent so much time on it. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've I've got the other part I want to mention that that Meg alluded to is um, the matching campaign. So there's recognition that you know most of us who have been buying shirts for a few years probably have more t-shirts than we know what to do with, right? So they've created a matching program wherein, you know, someone can donate an item. And so that's what I've done the past couple that I've been able to to donate uh, an item for instead of purchasing myself. Because, like I said, I don't I don't need more shirts. Uh, if I really like it, I'll still buy it, you know, <laughs> but uh sometimes I'll do one for me, one for them. And uh, anyway, it's it makes you feel good to support that and also not necessarily be. um gluttonous or over consuming right you're still mm-hmm. putting that that good thing out there
0: well and to add on to that just for i think what's super impressive about stands is that's like that company is like two people who do all of that and they're wonderful like i I've, I've talked to Stans stands or shirts as we call her um a lot and I just can't believe the amount of work that these like two or three people really put into it. And now I'm done. Not really, <laughs> I'll try, <You're> done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna mute myself. So no matter what I say. Or I can just mute
1: you. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't. <laughs> uh. Y- well, and and I want I want to say about that just really quickly about that uh, prison dogs program, which those have been going on for years, and it's and I think every prison needs those because um, it, there's this great documentary I was trying to find the name of it that was on Netflix oh, years ago, so it might not be on there anymore. That was all about that. That was following some dogs that have been in prison, and I know. Via Lobos Rescue Center in New Orleans, the famous one because of Pit Bulls and Parolees, the show. They also send dogs to some of those programs, and it's incredible to watch what that does to the people in prison, um, and the way it it helps them, and how it helps lessen the recidivism rate when they get out. And there's also another program. There was a movie that came out last year, this independent movie called The Mustang. And it's all about a guy in prison who gets involved in a program where he trains wild mustangs. And it's a fascinating performance, but it's also interesting because I didn't know that that was also another program that prisons offered. So I think whenever you can have those in those kind of situations where you treat people that are in prison like human beings and not like trash – it helps society as a whole. And I know people who have adopted dogs that were in those programs and you can still bring the dogs back occasionally to get like refreshers and get refreshment on refreshing on training because they get trained and it's just an incredible thing. I mean, it is interesting also watching that documentary that some of the prisoners do, you know, have some grief when they have to let go of and say goodbye to the dog. But they're overwhelmingly, it's, it's a positive experience. Um, So yeah, so I just want to hype that up again, because I think those are just amazing programs that every single prison in the country should do. I think it should be a requirement, frankly. Okay, so let's,
3: sorry, I want to add one thing, because I want to shout out also for all the fans who have become first responders to crisis through the, through the crisis fundraising. Just wanted to add, I meant to say that I have interviewed for my project several folks who have gone through that training who regularly volunteer and it is emotionally difficult. So there it's an it's an internet based crisis hotline and basically from what I understand it is not just it's obviously not just for fans fans is for anyone but they're connecting people to appropriate resources and it's it is really a first responder EMT of mental health, if you will, um, sort of scenario. And as you can imagine, that is so much stress. Um, and so just wanted to say that several people that I've interviewed, were um, they went through this program, and it's quite rigorous. Um, and the funding for that training came from the You Are Not Alone campaign. So just wanted to clarify that some of these campaigns benefit a charity, some of them benefit more specific, um, programs or specific fundraising, um, goals that then go on to create more good, like a, like a, you know, pebble in a pond effect, if you will. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And Sasha, who was on last week's episode, she, um, she used to be one of the volunteers on there. So she talked a little bit about that too. (coughs) Since we're going to have to, Cut this episode short soon. I want to get into, and I'm going to start with you, tanya actually i'm going to put you on the spot here because just because you've studied so much, I just think you might be the best person to throw to first, just sort of the psychology behind this and why fandoms do create these charitable organizations, why they take off where they are where there why there are so many because I know there are others and other fandoms as well. And so since you've studied this a lot, I'm going to throw it to you first, Tanya. What have you found is sort of why this happens? And is it is it what's the what makes fandom unique in this way? Well, if you want to know that, you
3: should buy my book and we will donate a percentage of the sales to <laughs> my Chipotle habit. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I mean,
0: <laughs> I don't a know portion why you the sales. The other portion is going to go. To my
3: white claw habit no, I'm just <laughs> um, okay, I have to make a white no i 'm completely teasing because I thought it would be good to have a joke there i don 't know I'm sorry, thank you um, <laughs> to answer that seriously, yeah, I appreciate that, and the answer is it's it's fascinating and complicated, and how much time do you want me to take to answer that? So I will speak from what um theoretically informed uh, research i've done, some hypotheses i'm I'm working out. And I will also say I'm a sociologist, not necessarily a psychologist. So the psychology I'll reference here is a little bit more like social psychology. I'll explain that in a minute. But essentially, I think that what you get when you get a fandom or community together is not dissimilar in terms of um, human experience to any community or, or, or religious group. I'm not saying we worship supernatural or we worship our pop culture product. But when you get a community that has a lot of values that are shared, norms that are shared together, and then spends a lot of time uh, physically and also virtually together, you create an, you experience a collective effervescence, it's called, it's a shared feels or shared energy. This is also why a lot of us are hella depressed right now during COVID, because we don't get to get that that hit, if you will, to our dopamine <laughs> Of uh, collective effervescence, right? And it's hard to replicate that through Zoom um, or virtual experiences. So we're all sort of figuring out how to adjust to that to that world. Um, but basically, when you when you have that feeling and you feel that energy, you you want to put it somewhere. And my theory is that essentially you get people at the right time in the right place, and you get they get an organization system going, and they're pointed at. A direction, whether that's by a fan, a fan based group, or by uh, a celebrity that we call a participant, um, like Misha Collins, you get that person focusing the fandom and their efforts in one direction, and, it, and it's very, very powerful. So I think you see this in multiple fandoms and multiple groups because this is where we have community. You know, we don't necessarily all have the same PTA memberships. We're all not in bowling clubs or, or, or uh, quilting circles, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying that pejoratively, uh, but we, we can see the power of this, this group of folks to use it to fight for good. And then often the shows that we're watching are encouraging us to try to live our values, right? The heroes are celebrated. And for, to some extent, I think we look at that, we identify with it and we think, well, I can, I can be the hero I need. I can be the hero my kids need. I can be the hero people far away from me need, right? What am I about? I'm about justice. I'm about dignity, right? I'm about service. And I have the opportunities possibly through this fun fandom experience to to engage in those things. One more point, hopefully that was sort of making sense. Um, There's also an idea in social psychology called collective identity, which essentially says um, when you have a new part of your identity, sometimes that's defined collectively in a group so basically uh if i'm a packer fan i that that means specific i'm gonna say packers because i know meg i knew it (laughs) and i'm i'm from wisconsin and i'm like the world's saddest packer i don't i I forgot that tanya Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can turn. Oh, it right yeah. Up. Hey, let's yeah. talk about oh.
0: Wisconsin. Hey, oh, there. let's you talk got, about
3: the Packers. You got, them, you got them fish fry there on there. <laughs> hey, there. Um, okay, anyway, we'll do, we'll do an episode on Midwest <laughs> dialect and colloquialism. <laughs> Speaking but, of collectivism. <laughs> yeah, so collective, collective identity, right? If you're a Packer fan, there's there's a way you are expected to do things in a specific way if you're going to claim that identity, which is why I can't say I'm one. Because I would be faking it, right? Uh, you got to watch the Packers. You got to talk about the Packers. You got to talk about Aaron Rodgers. You need to know what's up with him, what kind of deodorant he's wearing, which leg he shaves first. No, I don't know.
0: Just... He's on his belt.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a tight tangential Packer yeah. here, is my husband. So you those those expectations of what it means to have that identity, like those role performances, right? That's created in that collective identity. And I think what's happening in fandom is increasingly when you go from like casual lowercase f fan to capital F fan, the collective identity of that is including a component of service and charitable engagement and civic engagement. Okay, if you're going to call yourself, uh, you know, a brown coat from Firefly, then you better be about, you know, helping the little guy, looking out for the underdog. I don't know. Brown are really
2: big. Mm -hmm. charity they're very active
3: they're huge yeah Yeah. they um i talked to a group in utah and every year at salt lake comic-con they do a um dr horrible sing-along blog live um they fill a room of 800 people they buy people buy raffle tickets and they raffle things off and then the money goes to um i believe it's an lgbtq charity i can't remember the one that they partner with offhand but it's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So I think that that collective identity piece plays a role along with the the community um, benefits you get from the collective effervescence. Yeah. And just the networking. It's just the vibe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a, a very, very um, uh, specific reference to a cult movie from Australia called the castle. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, and someday we're going to have to have just an interview with you, Tanya, just talking about I mean, no, you're on my list of people I need to get on here, and I should have, and if this wasn't at the same week as Gish, I would have just had you do a special interview, too, to talk about this, just because I would just be interested to do that. Um, So, Judy, do you have anything you want to add to that? Like, what made you get involved and sort of did fandom help you sort of Get more involved in charity. I guess is the right word for it.
2: Um, It did a little bit, but I also do have um, some thoughts to add uh, to what Tanya said. I had, you know, when when we were doing this episode, I kind of um, took some time to think about, like, what what do I think that it is about fandom? And you know, I was thinking one of the keystones of fandom is that it's transformative. And there's this whole culture of you know we take something that we love, but we add to it, whether it's fanfic or art or meta analysis or cosplay or whatever we we add to it, we take it, and we we make it our own, and we do all of that for free it's this it's this you know we just do it for the love of it, and we we put it out there to to share with each other um and I think it starts you know it kind of gives us this whole culture of sharing things for free and giving giving away of ourselves and our passions and I kind of felt like that is kind of a the start of it and then you know you want to give more and maybe maybe you're not an artist I'm not (laughs) so what could I give outside of you know I could I could give and help other people as well um and Tanya I love what you said about um You know, we spend all uh, so much of our time watching these shows and movies or books, whatever, and often they have some sort of hero. They're about some, you know, they're about some hero that we're rooting for. Well, being, you know, helping uh, do charitable works through our fandom makes us able to be the superheroes in our own lives. So I think that's kind of a, a way for us to take those heroes that we we love our on screen and yeah, I'm not going to stop the apocalypse, but I might be able to help feed somebody. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and through fandom, I have gotten um, more involved in several different things, obviously, you know, uh, Gish and, and random acts, but also um, through the supernatural fandom, once again, uh, supernatural fandoms have this uh, network network, called Women of Letters. And lots of different cities start their own chapters. They're not specifically for charity, but most of the chapters do some charity work. And the first one I ever uh, joined was the the city that I lived in previously. And the very first event that we ever did was a book drive. And um, it just kind of goes to show like that we're so folk that that's just a focal point you know this is a show, social group but we also find a way to make it about uh, helping others as well and so through that um uh, i've been involved in a couple of the different women of letters group was when we've done some stuff there and then i love the other interesting ways or all the interesting ways that fandoms find to to make their own um ways of giving back like there's one that that uh i thought was so so creative it's a fandom running club so for anybody that likes to walk or run um you can participate in this the money goes to charity and uh you know it's it's all virtual it's you're not getting together and running together but um you sign up and and you get an you get a medal for walking 5k and that medal has maybe a picture of your favorite Uh, superhero or whatever on it so it's a it's a 5k that's all about your favorite fandom but they're also raising money for charity so there's just such neat creative ways that fans have found to like you um like you said tanya it's uh, um make money and and use capitalism and creativity of our own people to to do something special
1: yeah, and I remember. Uh, I just want to give a sh- a shout out to our group in Colorado, our Women's <laughs> leaders group, yeah. and just say I just loved when we did the stockings, and passed them around downtown. Uh, the stockings for the homeless. That was just such a great experience. I just remember that very, very fondly. That was a great way to give back and also to come together as a community. And we, you know, when we stuffed the stockings and we were at your place, Judy, until yep. like I don't know, like one o'clock in the morning or something
2: <laughs> like that. Doing we need that. to do and, it
1: again. <laughs> yes. and It was, it was such a great, great activity. So I'll say yeah. that. And, and that's kids I, for that. That was yeah. for
3: the distribution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why I kind of also want to be giving back through this podcast as well. And we are still going to do the auction, which, you know, reminder to people here who might have items i know you guys are starting gish so i'm going to push the deadline here but yeah so we are going to be doing an auction again um and that will be coming up in august as well so meg do you have anything you want to add in about this
2: um
1: yeah i i i'm not again it's like
0: oh no um so i just want to point out so it's funny that you guys talk about doing your your the stockings for homeless i remember in i think it was 2015 Maybe 16, I can't remember when we went to uh, I went to Vegas um, Supernatural convention with some friends. and one of the things that we did was decide we decided me and my friends and my Gish team decided it'd be a fantastic idea to pack up like those nylon backpacks full of care packages for homeless people in Las Vegas. None of us live in Las Vegas. So <laughs> we were all flying there thankfully i had a friend who lived in la and i was gonna go hang out with her for a little while tiff actually and so we shipped all the stuff to tiff and then i picked it up and we drove it to vegas sorted out and do a whole bunch of bags and to pass out to the homeless people in las vegas um which kind of ties into the i don't know if i want to say that that fandom has made me more charitable or generous i feel like i've always kind of been um kind of quietly generous i don't really talk about what i do as far as donations and things like that because i don't really feel like i don't need the pat on the back for doing it um but what it has done is really helped me kind of focus and find resources um in which to direct that which has been big. And I think it's important as far as talking about fandom helping social media has been a huge thing in the collective fandom for so many reasons, but with charity and good causes and things like that in mind, it's been massive to have all of these people with one common goal. It's an incredibly powerful thing to have. Um, And also one of the things that we're talking about GISH starting and everything was one of Misha Collins's main goals with starting GISH was, is to make, doing good fun so you don't feel like it's a chore to do something good because and i think it's and it's an understandable thing a lot of people when it comes to volunteering or things like that you just got so much to do and it's it's hard to sometimes get that enthusiasm um i do remember one incident in i was going to the minneapolis i've been to a lot of supernatural conventions um, I was going to the Minneapolis Supernatural convention. It was the first time I'd ever gone to a convention. And I only wanted to go to see Misha's panel. Like, I was a baby Supernatural fan. Just loved Misha Collins. And I, that, that's all I wanted to do was to get my picture with Misha and see his panel and go home. Uh, and that was the week, that was the convention in which Misha Collins got mugged. So he didn't do his panel. And I have, like, my first ever photo op is, like, the sad thing with him holding a Funko doll in front of his busted-up face. And the fact that he just, like, you could tell he was in so much pain. And he pushed through it. And it really affected me in a weird way. I was driving home um, afterwards, and I was feeling kind of emotional about it. And I stopped to get gas, and there was a man who was there asking for money, and I had, like, i had all this extra money because i didn't do the stuff i was planning on doing at this convention and i just gave it all to him and and I, i don't know what about that weekend compelled me to do that but that's kind of in my brain how it becoming a part of the supernatural fandom has worked um i'm trying to figure i'm kind of rambling now when i'm talking about it but it's it's weird to kind of, I, I I need someone to save me at this point. Um, <laughs> no, it's,
1: okay. yeah, it's, 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 it's really
0: you. it's really weird to kind of think I'm sorry. It's weird to kind of think of how this source of so much sometimes stress and frustration and excitement can create all of these weird, different feelings. But I think fandom has really not made me more charitable or generous, but, like I said, has really kind of helped me figure out. Um, fun ways to focus that and fun ways to teach my kids how to do good and enjoy themselves while doing it.
1: So it's giving you the avenues that you, there you didn't go. know where you were going to put the avenues. I, I started
0: so, on a road and
1: big shot guys started on a track. Well, you were, making, just, complete you were making complete sense. And went off into
0: the woods. And then I was like, I don't know how to come back. <laughs> no,
1: you were, you were making complete sense. It made, it made complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. And were you going to add something there, Tanya?
3: Yeah, I guess I just was thinking about, um, I wanted to just talk briefly, hopefully, about a couple of other fandoms that have intensive experiences that are designed to either create community or specifically train you to be an activist. Um, One is the Harry Potter Alliance's Granger Leadership Academy. I want to be clear, they have nothing to do with J.K. Rowling. And if you want Erin to have a podcast episode where I just talk about all the ways she's wrong very loudly for an hour i can do that um i will do do that that. and i will do it for free to that and i will (laughs) absolutely listen to that yeah oh thanks yeah and
0: yell and yell agreement so i don't (laughs) lead this off into weird tangents
3: (laughs) no no it's just uh yeah that's i mean she we're actually theorizing her as a counter star participant meaning like she's she's motivating people to do the opposite of what she uh is saying anyway G- GLA Granger Leadership Academy is specifically a weekend, like a long weekend, training camp designed to train young people to be activists. I went in 2018 with my daughter. We literally did a protest. We colored jugs to leave jugs for people coming across the border. Um, in we are in Arizona. We partnered with a local um, organization to protest to get an LGBTQ. Um, immigrant activists released from prison who had been put into jail and detained indefinitely and denied rights because as a young person, she had smoked marijuana. And it was, it was really interesting, right? Because it was clearly things that if, if I had done that, right, I would, I would have had the privilege of being a native English speaker and being a white woman and would probably be able to to not let that shape the rest of my life, right? And and she was, uh, we through our efforts, she was released. Um, so anyway, that's that's one shout out, and that's the most activist activist group until Mini Gish this year, where they really pivoted um, in the wake of the Black Lives Matter protests to be more fully social justice, anti racist. And I, I saw that coming, I saw that potential, and I was really pleased to see them shift. They're still, of course, like any institution issues to be addressed. Okay. One more fun example is Xenite Retreat. Zenite Retreat is adult summer camp for fans of Xena Warrior Princess. And holy crap, you you it is so much fun. It is my favorite, my favorite thing. And we are mostly women who are in our <laughs> 40s, 50s. We're doing high ropes, archery. We are going on hikes. We're doing the the craft hut. Um, we are talking about Xena nonstop, 24-7. Um, and it is just the, the best time. And every they also are a fandom that just sort of came around when the internet was getting big and was also creation-based cons. So they all would do charity fundraising every every year at those cons. And then when they stopped doing the cons, the fans said, hey, we want to still see each other. So the Z-Night Retreat is not about the celebrities, it's about the fans. And they still continue to raise um, tens of thousands of dollars each year for various charities. Um, It depends on the year, which charities. But yeah, I just wanted to shout out for them. They're fantastic. And you've spoken with um, Pasha and Eli of Parasol Patrol and how they Mm -hmm. use sort of fandom. So yeah, okay. (laughs) Done.
1: (laughs) No, that's great. Yeah. And like I said, someday I'm just going to interview you and maybe part of it will be just you going off on on J.K. Rowling. (laughs) But no, we're going to do an episode in the future about um, canceling celebrities and celebrity behavior. We're going to do one this year about Me Too and fandom. So that'll be an interesting episode to do as well. So I wanna just kind of wind things down here because I know all three of you need to get going so that you can rest up for Gish. Um and I just wanna thank you guys for being on here during this time since I know you guys are getting prepared for a crazy week ahead. During this you. difficult time. Yes, during this difficult time ahead <laughs> <laughs> of you. I do wanna just briefly say to everybody out there volunteering really is an amazing thing for you. I, for years I would have therapists tell me that I should go volunteer because it'll make you feel better and it'll take you out of yourself. And I always kind of rolled my eyes at that, honestly. And then I started volunteering at at an animal shelter. And it was honestly one of the best decisions, hands down I have ever made was doing that because it does take you out of yourself and you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about giving back and helping and, it is very fulfilling. So just to everybody out there, whether it's you're getting involved with fandom in some way, whether you're just rounding up, you know, when you're at the grocery store or something and they have a really good charity and you're giving that just whatever you can do, even if you just volunteer for a day, even if you just volunteer at something that doesn't even seem like a a charity event. Honestly, I've volunteered at a film festival before. Even those kind of things can help you feel more involved. Um, And I know right now it's really hard to do that stuff. I'll be very curious what GISH is like for you guys this year, Um, you know, because you can't be doing a lot of stuff like you would before so it'll be interesting to see that but yeah i just want to thank everybody for being on here and talking about this and i think we'll just go ahead and close out now we could do another show on this at some point as well maybe we'll just do one that's entirely focused on gish but i'm going to go around and just have everybody say where they can be found if you want to be found and if you have anything to plug as well start with you judy
2: Okay, well um again my primary fandom is um supernatural and I can be found on Tumblr at Angels Watching Over, all one word. And um since we're talking about Gish, my team is Schnitzel Jaeger. Um again, all one word. So you can find us, I think we have a Tumblr and you can search for us. We're one of those big you know teams that does a million <laughs> all the items. So that's it.
0: Awesome. And Meg? Uh yeah. So I am Meg. You can find me at WisconsinAC on all the things, and that's W I S C O N S E N N A C H. Blame Carla. Um, as far as <laughs> uh, she gave she gave me that nickname. Um, as far as fandoms go, I mean, I'm I like most things honestly. There's not a ship I don't sail either. So, um, and my Gish team, if we're gonna do that, Judy. <laughs> no <laughs> uh team sprinkles bringing it on just having fun this year um but yeah i don't know i got nothing else okay. i'm done now
1: <laughs> okay. you are done now <laughs> and tanya i need a Thank nap
3: you um so you can i'm tanya you can find me on twitter at capital a capital k capital n nerd fighting so it's ak nerd fighting and I want to plug our blog, uh, Medium.com, and it's uh, always keep nerd fighting on there. And you can read all about why J.K. Rowling was making me almost have um, a stroke in June. So, uh, and other and other fandom stuff. If you liked any of the quasi intellectual things I said tonight, lots more where that came from, friends. That's <laughs> okay i don't know yeah, just, don't have enough <laughs> to stress about jk rowling
0: has to go on to this now of all times
3: <laughs> yeah really yeah can you wait till we don't have a i know and also just why do you gotta you know the oh anyway we'll save it, save it. <laughs> but it, i'm just i'm gonna shove it all down inside and then eventually i'll die just like, just um,
2: like jk rowling should do
3: <laughs> good lord yes
0: Talk about cancel culture, and then J.K. Rowling, accio
1: duct tape, lady.
0: All
3: right, anyway. <laughs> okay,
1: well, and and we'll uh link to your blog in the show notes oh, as well, thank you. Tanya. You're welcome. Oh, yay! <laughs> And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E.AprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any charities you would like us to know about, um, any show ideas, any show notes, feel free to shoot us an email at It's a Fandom Thing Pod at gmail.com. And next week, we have two great shows coming up. First off, we have a special interview with Brian Vincent Rhodes, who is an animator, a live-action filmmaker. He's an amazing writer, um, and he has done a He's been a storyboard artist on Spies in Disguise, among other things. So it's going to be a great conversation, um, and I'm really excited to talk to him. And then on our main show, we are going to be talking about Guilty Pleasures, which we all have. And Carla, the other Aaron, Meg, and Tiffany will be joining us for that one. So that should be a lot of fun. Until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter.